You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating, and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat. And stay up to date. Hi there. You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with me, Dom. Today, I've gone a bit different. I've got in touch with the British Country Music Association, and I wanted to really have an in-depth look into what they do. So today I've got Lara Goodfellow with me. Hi Lara. Hello. How are you doing? Doing very well thank you. It's a beautiful day in the Midlands which is always always nice. Uh, yeah the same as everyone else I think. Just It's a bit like, like Groundhog Day isn't it? Just the, Yeah. Yeah but very well. How about you? I'm good. I mean we'll talk about the weather. It's so different today as compared to what it has been for the past what two weeks now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I mean, I, it's 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 a really nice temperature outside today, so I'm going to make the most of it since we've we've finished this call. I think. Well, that's it. It's about enjoying the day, and we've done it a bit early today. So today is the 13th of June, and we're at two o'clock. So just to give people an idea of where we are at the moment, and obviously we're currently locked down at the moment, still with the coronavirus pandemic, and yeah, we're all stuck stuck inside, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh certainly been an interesting time and I I do feel for those people who are stuck in in cities and towns as well who you know really are just kind of confined to that one walk a day and 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 a a little garden so I'm quite lucky we've got a lot of space where I am so been able to get out a little bit more and you know not go crazy (laughs) yeah I mean I say that all the time I'm so grateful to be able to have like a garden to go into rather than living in an apartment so Mm -hmm. So I know I've got lots of friends in London that are, you know, in in uh, in really small flats. So yeah, yeah. Oh, it must be it must be terrible. I know, but yeah. Anyway, let's do it. Anyway, so Lara, do you want to give us a an introduction into what you do with the BCMA? Sure. So I'm um, on the board. So I'm a director of the BCMA. Um, uh, I'm a relatively new member I say that I it's probably been about three years now but it doesn't feel quite that long um uh, and I joined at a time I think where there were quite a lot of changes happening within the sort of the, you know a couple of the people who who'd really been involved for a long time and have done some really really great things for country music sort of stepped back a little bit and a few other people joined um so I oversee the sort of media and the digital side of things um uh, and there's a, a couple of people who sort of work alongside me and are doing a really great job. I'm sure you've seen on social media at the moment and updating the website and just trying to make sure that they're kind of covering as much as they possibly can. Uh, yeah, so so that's really my role. Awesome. Now, looking at the, you mentioned the digital side, you know, is there certain people within the team that solely work on, say, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook and schedule the posts and look at the artists that are doing these live streams yeah so the team I mean I I'd love to take credit for all of it because I think it's they've done a really great job over especially over lockdown but actually there's a, a, a lovely young lady called Evangeline who does a lot of the sort of day-to-day posting um creates a lot of the really cool assets that you can see you know the posters and things like that and she does that with Anthony um Anthony Alka who also does a few other things within music as well um and that is sort of overseen by Jean Jordan who's one of the sort of original members of the BCMA and myself so yeah I I think definitely when it comes to Instagram 
they're really sort of on board and, and just kind of looking out for everything that's happening, trying to make sure ultimately that they're supporting all of the artists who, you know, a good number of them are really struggling because they've lost their main source of income, whether it was doing corporate stuff or whether it was doing sort of small, you know, gigs locally just to generate that bit of extra money. Um, and now obviously having to sort of, you know, try their best to try and generate income where they can and do live streams and things like that. So, um, yeah, I think that the guys are doing an amazing job at just trying to, you know, work out what's happening and when and, and trying to promote it to the best of their ability. Yeah. Now, the British Country Music Association, you know, can you tell us a bit more as to, like, why it was formed and, you know, what it actually directly does for the artists? Sure. I mean, it's, uh, oh gosh, you've got me a little bit on a history, <laughs> probably. Um, but it, I, I don't, don't quote me, but I, it's been going for definitely, I think a good 20 years. I could be wrong. Um, edit this bit out. If you do, do some research and find that that's wrong, but originally the, um, BCMA, um, which is actually technically it's the British country music awards. Yes. So it's sort of, um, evolved into association which i think is great um but the original setup was for the awards so it was celebrating country music um and you know i guess having a, an evening every year where people came together from all, all over the country um and you know in, in a sort of traditional awards setup um and there were some great founding members there's loads of information on the website if you want to find more about that um they set up what was called a country music British Country Music Hall of Fame um, to recognise some of the really, really amazing sort of older country music stars that we've all kind of not forgotten about, obviously, but, you know, times move on. Yeah. Um, so it was really in in support of them and recognition of them, and it's evolved since then. And obviously, as time, you know, moves on and, and things change, it's become more of an organisation. So originally, obviously, the awards was the sort of main thing. And to a certain extent, up until this year, obviously, the awards has still been the main focus of, of the organisation because, yeah. you know, it's, it's a, I don't know if you've ever been to one. It's a, it's a great night where, you know, we try to get as many people in a room as possible to celebrate country music. You see, I haven't actually had the chance to go to one yet, so I'm looking forward to the next one that actually does happen. Is yeah. <laughs> The next time it happens, you know, obviously with what we're going through at the moment, will it be like a virtual award or will it just hopefully be in time for when we start opening up again? I th well, I, I mean, this year obviously has been cancelled um, and I think that was the right thing to do, you know. Um, uh, and I think let, let's hope that, that next year it will be a proper sort of physical everyone in one room type awards ceremony. Um, I guess we will have to wait and see what happens with everything that's going on at the moment in the world. But fingers crossed, you know, that's the aim. Now, one of the things that the British CMA relies on is like sponsorship and memberships. Mm. Okay. Now for a membership, it's, I believe it was what, 20 pound a year? Mm. Something so cheap as that. Yeah. Why in layman's terms, you know, do people need to like sign up for the membership? You know, where does the money go to directly? Yeah, so it's, um, it's, it's actually, this is quite an interesting question because as you said, it, is, it really is a relatively small amount for a membership. 
Um, up until recently, there was actually a, a kind of BCMA magazine that was distributed, um, which, which was what part of your membership was. So you got this magazine when you joined. We scrapped that now, really, because obviously, as you can imagine, the cost of actually, you know, producing something like that now is, it, you know, we'd have to be charging people a lot more for the membership just to create the magazine, where yeah. actually we could do the same thing digitally. Um, so up until this year, obviously, the main benefits for the public joining um, and becoming a member was things like discounts to festivals, discounts to, you know, artists, shows, gigs, tours, those sorts of things, as well as a regular newsletter with all of the information about up and coming releases, you know, new acts and, and things like that. So it's um, really uh i guess just giving people a little bit of a discount when they're going to the events and festivals that they want to go to but also making sure that they're getting all of the information about the country music scene firsthand yeah um for artists um it actually is it's what we're trying to do is work on a slightly different type of membership for artists um, than for the general public. So at the moment, the artist membership is, is pretty similar in terms of they also get access to all of these things for discounted prices. Um, what we're actually trying to do is, is create a new type of membership for artists where they can come to us for information, for support, you know, for promotion. And we're building... Um, a sort of members only artist uh, portal on our website, which I'm hoping we, you know, eventually will get up and running that is going to give them access to contacts, you know, to PRs, to magazines, to, you know, radio producers, to, to uh, I guess, a, a whole just sort of host of different people who could actually help them with their career. So almost kind of like a portal um, of information. Uh, um, and I think that's really important because, you know, you're an up-and-coming artist in the country scene. To be honest with you, there aren't that many people who can really guide you or, you know, offer you the right advice. It's such a small scene. So I think having something like that where they can go, okay, we're going to pay our membership, but we've got access to all of this, um, is actually really beneficial for young artists. Yeah, that was going to lead to one of my questions, actually, was, you know, it, I know we pay a membership and we all have our membership numbers, now, mm. would there be like a kind of a, a members only area, not just for like artists, but for like radio presenters and even podcasters like me, you know, mm. need the access to these artists as well. Like a confined, condensed list kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's uh, and when I say artists, I, I probably um, should should have also said I think we we need to include media individuals as well because yeah, you need a, a sort of information source if you want to contact a particular artist. I mean, I know it's quite easy these days to, to you know hit them up on Instagram or, or or whatever, but actually to kind of go through the official channels, especially if it's a slightly bigger artist, and speak to management or speak to their their. PR or speak to you know whoever you need to it'll be good to have a sort of big database of that information available so I also think that that is something we'll incorporate into this sort of new web portal um, and I the tricky thing is with the BCMA and um, I know there's been a lot of sort of misconceptions over the years about it but all of the money that um, is generated by membership goes straight back out into something. So, you know, sort of historically, it's always been the awards because, you know, events like that are not cheap to put on, yeah. you know, with the sound gear and the, the lights and the, and the venue hire and everything else. Um, so we've, it's, 
you know, it's a not-for-profit organisation, so there's never been sort of loads of money stored aside waiting, you know, for whatever. So when it comes to things like web development and um, other, I guess, advances in, in what we do, it all needs to be funded. And the only way we are able to fund it is either via membership fees or by sort of trying to get sponsors involved, people who really support the support the cause and, and develop it that way. And I think country music is notoriously underfunded. You know, there aren't many bodies there are, that are interested in investing. You know, most people hear the words country music and go, oh, you know, <laughs> cowboys and, and, you know, line dancing and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so um, I think what we're trying to do at the BCMA and what we're starting to do quite well, I think, is build a team of individuals who are all obviously working in their spare time you know there's none of us are sort of employees or or that have have any kind of financial gain from doing what we do um but just to try and build a bigger and better organization and that, and that includes things like having a great interactive web, website which i don't know if you've seen we've, we've actually started to build so the new website i think is looking much better <laughs> than the old one um and slowly but surely, all of these bits and bobs, I think, will be added to it. So I'm quite excited about it. Yeah, I'm looking at the current website now. You say that you're building on the website. You're not changing the domain name, are you? Are you just keeping it as no. British CMA? Yeah. So, yeah. When I say building, we're, we're adding in bits as yeah. we go, as opposed to a sort of, map. you know, we've, we actually already updated it, I think, last year. So, yeah. I mean, it's fascinating just to see, you know, on the About Us page, you know, you can see, you can actually see the entire, almost like director's boards, you know, between the chairman, president, secretary, director, etc. And got a lovely picture of you there. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so it's, we're getting there. I just, you know, it's, I, and, and. Uh, in a way the more that we can build support and awareness and the more members that we can attract obviously the more sort of finance we've got to actually do more things to sort of then start supporting more artists so it's you know it's 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 one of those but it's going well so we've gone into membership now sponsorship in itself you know if there's any companies out there that want to sponsor the British CMA you know how is it they can go around doing that so, I mean, again, slightly different now, um, but sort of typically with the award ceremony, um, what we'd, we'd do with any sponsors who came on board was make sure that they were sort of really well represented, you know, in terms of the programme, in terms of, you know, around the ceremony. Um, each sponsor has their own award, which they can come and hand out and, uh, you know, have a a little, little chat up on the podium if they want to as well. Um, so they also have their own table at the awards uh, where they can bring guests. So it is quite a nice uh, feeling of being, you know, a part of the event as well as, you know, obviously sponsoring financially. Um, but I think we, you know, over the last couple of years, there's been a variety of different people who've got involved, people from Nashville, which has been really great. Obviously, kind of local companies, local traders as well, who've got involved. So there's been a real variety of different people and also a, a variety of different amounts. You know, there's been some people who've given very generously, whether it's large amounts or smaller amounts. And all of it helps going towards, you know, sort of typically having a great night at the awards ceremony and, and a few bits and bobs around that. But, um, you know, for people looking to sponsor the BCMA now, 
I guess until we know more about what's happening with this sort of physical award ceremony, I think it's worth having a chat to the directors and seeing where we could really do with funding and support. And I think some of that is creating more tools and accessibility for artists and for media personnel to be able to get involved. Um, and, you know, in the future, I think, you know, things like putting on a BCMA events and showcases and live nights and songwriters rounds and all those kinds of things that we'd like to do as well. So, yeah. Now, if somebody wanted to, say, sponsor the award, you know, now that if we're in a position where we can actually host a actual physical award ceremony, who would it would, who would they contact to sponsor, a award or sponsor uh, an award? I can't speak now. They can contact any one of the one of the sorry I'm I'm doing <laughs> any one of the directors. Um, Jean Jordan normally oversees most of that, um, but we've got a couple of new people on who are sort of looking into sponsorship opportunities as well. So uh, I think the best email address is probably info at BCMA. Uh, so yes. Um, Anyway, if anyone's interested, then please get in touch. <laughs> now, just to go back into the like the sponsorship price, not direct pricing, because we don't want to, we can't say exactly how much that is, because you mentioned that there's people that put little in, there's people that put a lot in. Is there kind of like a, a structure, like a scheme, like a gold scheme, silver scheme, you know, the more you put in, the more yeah. you get out of? There is. And um, to be honest with you, we probably haven't revamped that yet um, to sort of be relevant to the times we're in now. I think perhaps that's something we should look at. Um, so originally there was a, a gold, silver, um, sorry, bronze, silver and gold uh, sort of tier um, that was different, obviously different amounts. And you've got slightly different things at the award ceremony on the night, uh, depending on the amount that you spent. So, yes, there definitely um, will be a tier. Um, I should probably speak to some people about seeing if we can put that in place for a sort of non-event uh, focused uh, sponsor as well, just to kind of look at, you know, ways that people can support now. Awesome. So when it comes to actually sorting out the awards and sorting out the people that are going to be nominated for the awards, you know, how is that whole process done for the BCMA? So uh, the the way that it works is, and it, up until recently, it's members only. So, you know, if you aren't a member, you can't actually have your say or, I mean, lots of people do, but, you know, you're supposed to be a member and, and that gives you the privilege to, to vote in the awards. So the nominations go out earlier in the year. Um, they are obviously listed on the website and sent out in various social media formats so that people can see. Um, people then go and nominate their top artists within each category. Uh, we then whittle that down to the final um, selection of nominees for each category based on the amount of votes that they've got. And then people will go ahead and vote again for their, you know, out of that smaller category, their top artist or top band or top festival or whatever it is. Um, so all of the, vo the voting is done using members' uh, membership numbers so you know so it so it's authentic and we know it's actually come from a proper member rather than you know believe yeah. it or not even even with a an association like the bcma you get loads of people trying to rig the voting yeah. by you know voting several times or adding in different names and things like that um uh, and then it is all monitored so um and i know 
uh, as you may or may not have seen on social media in the past, there's all kinds of different discussions about, oh, you know, this is all rigged and they choose the same people every year and they do this and they do that. Actually, it's, you know, nothing could be further from the truth. Um, so uh, the final selection of, of, of artists is sort of whistled down uh, members vote again and then the person who gets the most votes in each category wins yeah. um, and it's as simple as that really um, I think uh, over the years there's been um, you, you know occasions where Pete the same person has won more than once sometimes three times um, sometimes those people have been linked to people on the board uh, in terms of whether it's a family member or, you know, associate or something like that, um, which has caused all kinds of, you know, awful uh, negativity on social media. And that was actually happening at the time when I, when I first joined the board and I sort of sat down with them and said, well, so, so, so why does this always happen? You know, why do certain people always win? You know, why is that, you know, the same set of names always in the, um, sort of final selection for each artist category or each band category. Um, and honestly, the truth is that it is because there is a small, uh, I guess, amount of people who are very dedicated to the BCMA, who are very dedicated to a certain selection of artists who always vote and everybody else doesn't really bother. Yeah. Um, and, and what we see because of that is um, a sort of quite repetitive, um, you know, the same artists are always nominated and occasionally win again and again, um, which is a, has always been a little bit frustrating for me. And I've, you know, I'm quite well known for voicing my frustration on that. Um, but the process, um, the voting process is completely legitimate, very simple, actually. It really is a case of the person with the most votes in each category wins. Um, sorry, I am doing that thing now where I am waffling. No, no, I love it when people waffle. Love it. Uh, so I, and it's something that um, I think is really important that we address. And in a couple of board meetings, actually, after the last um, the last couple of award nights, um, I've sort of said, and a few people have said, you know, we can't have this same same name winning again and again and again especially if they are connected to someone on this board because it looks um cliquey it looks set up you know and it it really sort of undermines everything that we say that we stand for yeah um we and we've debated it quite um aggressively but ultimately and a couple of the the directors from different territories agreed as well based on the cma model um if the same person gets the most amount of votes every year, they win. Um, and uh, that's what they do at the CMA, apparently. That's what they do in the Australian CMA um, and in other places around the world. So if we were changing those rules and saying, well, you've won twice now and you really shouldn't win a third time because it looks really bad on us, yeah. then uh, then uh, we'd sort of be changing, changing the rules um, when nobody else does, if that makes sense. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Me personally, I think we should change the rules. <laughs> the, uh, but I am in the minority on that one. Um, but in essence, the, mem it, the, the whole structure of who wins the BCMA awards comes down to the fact that there are a certain amount of people who, who vote every time, you know, rigorously, you know, massively dedicated to particular artists. And, and to be honest with you, those 
tend to be the people that meet and socialize together at country events you know they know all of these artists personally they 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 drink with them you know they see them at festivals yeah what i think needs to happen is all of the other artists who feel like they don't get you know enough of a enough consideration need to actually be getting their fans to, to nominate them to really kind of ramp up the voting process to get involved um and to vote for them yeah. and i think you find that if that happens there would be a very different lineup of, of artists winning each year is there any thought of having like a i know we mentioned the initial part of the voting is where the members and you have your unique member number but within that membership group having like your top radio members those in the radio industry having like an independent panel you know rather than having people directly linked with the bcma have like a separate adjudication to then do the final rounds yeah i i mean i definitely think that that's worth considering and and um we've actually discussed that before and i'm sure it's something that we'll explore further um if we ever are allowed to do another awards maybe we'll do a virtual awards um but um uh yeah, I, I think absolutely. I think that, that we need to start making um, even more of an effort. And um, any of my sort of colleagues listening to this will probably get quite frustrated because it, they're really tarred with, it, with, it, with the wrong brush when it comes to all of this. But I think in order for people to see that we are all really genuine and we are all working really hard. Yes, some of us have colleagues you know uh children whatever it is who are who are country music artists musicians whatever it is um that doesn't mean that we're not actually there to support every single country music artist out there um so um yeah i mean any suggestions like that that anyone who's listening to this podcast has i think it's really important that they get in touch with the bcma and talk to them about it because we're always really open to those sorts of conversations i think it's just when it gets negative particularly on social media and I I made the mistake once of kind of commenting on a, an artist's post who was saying some really horrible things and just sort of said hey here's my email why don't you drop me a line I'd love to talk to you about this yeah. and she um I said she I should say you know but anyway uh, screenshotted my Facebook profile pasted it all over her sort of official artist social media and went on a massive rant about the BCMA and how corrupt it was and how, you know, we were all earning loads of money from everybody doing this, that and the other. And and that it actually made me feel a bit like, I wonder, why am I actually doing this? <laughs> um, so that sort of stuff I just think is really negative. But I am really open for, um, you know, a healthy debate and 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 suggestions as are everybody else involved in the bcma so you know oh wow that's shocking for, so, for, yeah. for an artist to do that i mean that's going above and beyond negativity that that's mm, yeah 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 actually it was it was really it was really quite upsetting but you know that's in the past now that's fine but you know i think healthy positive conversation is definitely the way forward with, with this whole with this whole thing of course i mean even if it does go negative you can have negativity but as long as it's constructive as soon as there's that almost harassment element to something it's mm -hmm. taking it too far no absolutely now going back to the actual the emails and the people that were trying to you know put more than one vote in is there any like 
system where if somebody does do that, you just automatically eradicate their votes like other yes. awards do? Yeah, yeah. So we do. We know. We know who you are. <laughs> and yeah, there is. Um, I mean, we use a you know a, a specific piece of software um, for that, which is really really good at, at sort of siphoning through. Um, so yeah, none of none of the people that try to do stuff like that get through. Well, that's good. So that's just a warning out there to everybody that does try to rig voting. You will be caught, and yeah, yeah your votes won't count. Yeah. So at a director level then, how does the directors work within the British CMA? Do you all have like a stereotypical round table and, mm. you know, you all yays or nays when there's decisions? Yeah. Yes, we do. It's, uh, it's all done sort of very officially. Um, uh, Bob Thomas, who's the chairman, um, oversees all of our our round table events and we do all get we, we do all get together obviously we haven't seen each other for a while um we've we've uh, done a couple of phone calls and 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 facebook video calls and stuff like that um but yes yeah, sort of uh, everyone gets together sits around the table we have this sort of business outlines we go through each each point we sort of all discuss our views quite often we have different opinions and we have to sort of work it through and work out which is the best way forward um so yeah it really is a, a proper setup like that <laughs> well that's always the best way of doing it i mean like we mentioned a second ago you know a healthy debate and is that what it's like during one of your meetings you know one person yeah. says one thing another one has to be the opposite tommy opposite <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that happens occasionally yeah but um yeah for the most part i mean it i think probably any sort of discussion is more about the best way to do things. You know, we, we tend to always agree on the main, you know, our objectives, you know, and the, the main points that we're discussing, but it's just how things are delivered, how, you know, how to put our best foot forward. Um, yeah. Awesome. Now, going on from the actual awards ceremony, is there any activities that the British uh, Country Music Association actually holds or any events that you do specifically for country artists around the UK? Well, no, not not particularly at the moment. Um, we actually were in discussion and talking about starting to put on, because we've started to pull um, uh, regional board members in as well, people who are sort of quite active on their scenes locally, who know a lot of people who are, who are really good at promoting artists sort of on that regional level. So prior to lockdown, what we were discussing was actually setting up regional events um, and letting these regional directors oversee them. So, you know, whether it's one a month, you know, 10 a month, one every couple of months um, was really up to them, depending on the ratio of artists they've got in their area and, 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 and um, I guess, you know, everything from venues to funding and everything else. But we've been talking for a long time now about putting on regular events up and down the country. And there are certain hotspots um, in the UK, I think, where there are sort of more dense amounts of country music fans. You know, there's a lot in sort of the Manchester area um, and, and there are a lot spread around. Um, and I think it's making the most of these areas to make sure that those people have got something a bit more local rather than have to sort of drive for three hours and get a hotel or whatever. But also starting to look at some of the areas that perhaps there isn't that much of a, 
you know, a country music following and starting to promote artists that are based there as well. So yeah, we had a lot of plans and I hope that we will pick all of that up again when we can do so. Um, showcases as well. I mean, we do a showcase as part of the award ceremony. It's normally either the day before or the morning of the event, depending on where we've done it and, you know, which year. But um, I think showcasing is really important because it gives those smaller artists who weren't necessarily nominated for an award or weren't actually performing at the award ceremony the opportunity to perform. Um, I love a good showcase. So... <laughs> Yeah, lots on the horizon. And I think as well, in a similar way to, um, I don't know if you saw the Buckle and Boots virtual festival that, that happened. Um, and uh, I'm starting to see them pop up and I'm sure we'll see loads over the summer. You know, that seems to be the thing. Um, is anyone else bored of live streams yet? Hopefully oh, not. I'm definitely not. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, so, you know, it's... I feel like everyone's really pulled together and, and we all just sort of understand that we can't see any live music now, but um, all these artists are putting on these really cool things from their own living rooms, so why not? So, you know, maybe it's that we look at doing something similar to that, whether it's a showcase, a virtual showcase or a, a virtual whatever, you know, I'm yeah. sure we'll throw around some ideas. So, yeah, watch this space. Watch this space. Now, <laughs> in a nutshell then, why should somebody actually pay the membership and, you know, go ahead and, you know, join as a member for the BCMA in a, like a nutshell? In a nutshell, um, as a member of the public or a country music fan, um, not only will you um, in the future, we hope, be able to uh, receive certain discounts to various activities that are happening, but you're also supporting country music artists and the promotion of country music artists um, and a very cool award ceremony if and when it ever happens again um and i think for artists it is about getting that level of support promotion um you know we're always available if people want to ring us any any member of the board and talk about their you know what they're doing within their career any help that they need um and i think what we want to do over the next year is make that even more easy for artists to access so if you're a member get involved in support artists if you're an artist get involved and hopefully we'll be able to support you in ways that you haven't already got fantastic now just one final thing onto the awards itself whereabouts do we usually have the award ceremony placed you know is it in like london or we actually haven't not for we haven't done lunch sort of central london for a long time mainly if i'm honest with you because it is so expensive <laughs> Um, and, and I think finding the right venue, um, and when I say so expensive, not just expensive for, for us to put on, but also for people to travel and stay in hotels and that sort of thing. You know, we all know that London hotels are three times more expensive than anywhere else in the country. Yeah. So, um, but it's been all over the place, you know, uh, so the last one I went to was in the Harrogate's, uh, conference center. I'm pretty sure the one last year was in the Manchester yes here you go Manchester Concord Concord Conference Centre now you need to start working your way towards York and Leeds yeah I know you say Harrogate but I want it closer to me I'm tired of traveling everywhere Harrogate was um uh was a really great venue really lovely venue that was the last award ceremony I was at um 
her before I had my baby and it was it was lovely but we've definitely talked about moving it every year and I um I'd really like us to try and look at London um just because I feel like uh as you know trying to get sort of media people to these things is always really tricky and you know a lot of them are based in London and it would be good to try and get more more people sort of aware and involved but um I think we'll move it every year unless we find somewhere that we absolutely fall in love with and and think right this is it forever so yeah so maybe maybe Leeds or York should be the next location yeah definitely the York Barbican I'm sure you'll end up staying there forever yeah (laughs) not being biased or anything (laughs) now how many tickets usually goes on sale for the awards is it like a limited number um yes again to a certain extent depends on the venues that we that we hold it in so when we went for um slightly bigger venues you know obviously we could have probably pushed the ticket numbers um but I think that it's it's in these types of things I think it's always better to have it sort of restricted so that um it's really full and everyone has a great time you know, yeah. rather than sort of be a bit spread out and sparse in, in a bigger venue, just in case we we can sell some more tickets. So um, I think the last one that I was at in Harrogate, we were looking at probably 500 people. Yeah. Um, which is which is a really great number. It's a fantastic number. I mean, any any form of number, especially in country music within the UK, it's I've always said this, and it's growing and growing and growing. And those kind of numbers are just fantastic to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, hopefully it will only get better. You know, I sort of watched the Americana, um, UK Americana Society for motivation quite often because obviously they've grown significantly in the last three or four years and I think have pushed their their sales for their awards even higher than that. So I think that's something for us to aspire to as well. That's awesome. Now, the price of tickets for the awards, I presume that will vary as well, depending on venue, location, etc. But what kind of ballpark figure is a ticket price? Um, it So it depends, again, on... And have they been removed from the website at the moment? I think maybe they have. Before I, before I answer, let me just double-check that. Sorry, I'm going to make your editing job really difficult, aren't I? I love it. I think I, we might have removed them. See, with all the editing, I'm self-taught at the moment. So there we go. I'm barking now. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty sure there was a baby in the background uh, here a little while ago too. You obviously didn't hear it. Uh, I, I hear everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Uh, so, yeah, so the VIP package um, that we put on sale for the last awards, I think we're looking at changing a little bit. We've been messing around with different ideas every year, um, just because, again, just to make sure we kind of get the finances right. But you're looking at about 20 or 30 quid for a ticket. See, to me, that is really cheap. Yeah. Yeah, and a really great value because you get to see loads of great music. You know, you get to meet loads of people. Obviously, because it's country music, all of the artists come out and get drunk with everyone afterwards as well. So it's, uh, you know, what more could you ask for? See, that's all you really want is to just be able to have a drink, let your hair down and interact with the artists that we listen to almost every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So is there anything... I think I've gone through pretty much everything I wanted to say regarding 
the British Country Music Association. Is there anything you want to add specifically? Um, I think um, the most important thing for me to pe- for people to understand about the organisation is that we are just all um, country music fans who are trying our best to um, support country music artists um, and put on great events. And, you know, um, there is no one sort of sitting here that's A, making a load of money from people, you know, B, trying to be crooked or cliquey or any of those things. And I know that could be just, I'm saying this just because I know there are so many misconceptions and so many people that I think would disagree with me saying this. But, um, you know, we don't always get things right and we are a work in progress and um, we are all um, working really hard to to try and make the sort of BCMA experience as good as possible. So I think um, people, if people were able to sort of go, okay, you know what, I'm going to give these guys a chance because I love country music and I really want to support the artists. And this includes artists. If you get involved, you know, if you reach out to us, you send us your music, you send us, you know, uh, you know, your release schedule, your tour dates, if there are ever any tour dates again, um, we want to support you, you know, so don't sort of listen to the hype, reach out to us, let's talk, let's see what we can do together. You know, if you're a country music fan, get involved, nominate the artists that you like, you know, make sure that those artists are promoting themselves as much as possible. Make sure you tell all of your friends and hopefully we can all grow, you know, together and build a much bigger, stronger organisation. That's it. The key thing. I mean, it's like any, you know, political election period, you know, if you don't vote, you can't really argue. So if you're involved in that process, you know, it can't be cliquey if everyone is getting involved. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, and and if that you know becomes the case, people will see a completely different lineup of artists, of festivals, of radio presenters, whatever it, the award is. Uh, and not saying that the people, by the way, that have been winning over the last years don't deserve to win. You know, I um you know I have some great friends who have been nominated for awards who are brilliant musicians, artists, festival promoters, you know, etc. But I think that what we need to do is open it up to more people and and more people need to get involved for that to happen. Awesome. Now, my last thing is your actual award nomination segments. You now need to include one for podcasting because podcasting is massive now. Ah, Yes, isn't it? Um, Especially after the last few months. So I will definitely make sure I pass that on as well. Awesome. You know, I've got to to try and get myself in for the uh, running as well. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure you will be. Awesome. So now to go away from the BCMA for a second, I want to talk more about you. So what actually got you into country music then initially? This is quite a waffly story. So I'm going to try and give you the edited version. (laughs) Um, So I've been uh, in music for a a long time and... um, various different segments I think you know I've worked in recording studios I've worked for management companies for record labels um and and done a lot of music marketing which is sort of what my business model is now um for a while I was actually doing a lot of tour management uh, which I loved I got you know to travel all over the world and work with some amazing artists um uh 
And so, and I was actually, just before I talked to you, I was like, I need, really need to go on my Facebook and work out how long ago some of these things were. Because in my head, it was all last week. But yeah. So I feel like around 2010-ish, um, I was asked to tour manage a pop soul singer called Jessica Clements, who um, was from Houston, Texas, and was over here in the UK promoting her, her soul album. Uh, so we uh, actually met... Uh, as we both climbed into the tour vehicle and I said, right, I'm Lara, I'm going to be, you know, with you for the next however long. We went to Germany and she was doing um, a radio tour in Germany promoting her new record. Yeah. Um, and as time progressed, we were talking um, and uh, I said, oh, you, you know, you're from Texas, you know, what made you sort of go into soul music as much as I love the music? And she's, and she's got a very pop, pop, soulful voice. And she said, well, my, my, my management told me that if I did country music, um, because her, her fan base was predominantly in the UK and Europe at that time, if I did country music, everyone would laugh at me. And I was like, yeah interesting and and bear in mind that you know 10 years ago this country music scene as it is now was not really as big anywhere as yeah so we were talking and a friend of mine who said you know what um we know this really cool writer in nashville called jeff cohen um why don't you go out and write some songs with him and so we went out she went in uh to the studio with with jeff and she wrote a country music ep and we heard it and i was like this is the kind of music you need to be making. And she was so happy because it was kind of her roots, you know, it, everything in her was sort of country music and she'd been pushing this other direction. Came home, went straight onto the Radio 2 playlist and um, we managed to secure a tour with um, Boyzone, really bizarrely, massive arena tour. Uh, so she was supporting Boyzone and we did uh, 24 dates all the way around the UK oh, wow. uh, in arena and um this band that came behind her um we played this country music and this little <laughs> uh this guy came called me and said oh my name's chris stevens i run this internet radio show that promotes country music um would just like to have a chat um so he came down to the manchester arena and we sat in sort of you know this tiny little back room where boys had shoved us um and he was like oh i'm chris country and i'd love to interview you jess and blah 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 and it all sort of grew from there. Um, and then Jess became Jess and the Bandits. And, you know, we sort of developed her project. And then I was like, this country music stuff's actually really cool. And actually, had I ever known about country music when I was growing up, I would have been a massive fan. You know, I was really into Sheryl Crow and kind of Americana, guitar, singer, songwriters. So I just started listening to country music and then that was it. Um, and obviously, Jess, uh, Jess and I have, been working together for 10 years and we've kind of grown up through it all together um and that is actually the short version of the story <laughs> but yeah that's yeah. really I saw the picture on I think it was Twitter um obviously your Twitter handles Lara Lyrics yeah and yeah you shared the uh, picture of Jess and Chris and Chris mm. it's crazy to think was it 2013 yeah. Yeah, maybe just something like that. Just crazy how young everybody looks. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm quite glad that I wasn't in it actually. But um, yeah, it was 2012, 2013, and and Chris um has grown. I mean, the rate that that because it was. I feel like it was internet only then, or maybe I can't remember. Um, 
but you know he he had this sort of little microphone and he, I don't think he had his big board then it was just kind of oh I'm Chris Stevens nice to meet you this is what I do and now you know it's like you know uh he's it's just grown to a whole nother level it's I mean I'm so proud of everything that he's done and I really feel like he's one of the kind of founders of this new um country movement which is amazing I mean, so yeah it goes it goes back to what I said earlier you know the fact that country music here in the UK is growing exponentially I mean we mm. look you know back a year ago and then we look back two years ago and then five years ago and obviously 10 years ago 10 years ago it was predominantly things that were just converting in the pop charts I mean we had Lady Antebellum you know mm-hmm. that that was like my first taste of country music and that's because it was played on a pop station yeah yeah so it's, yeah it's- and I think that, you know, Radio 2 as well has been responsible for, you know, they, they supported artists really early in their careers, like Ward Thomas, like the Shires, you know, um, and and also play, you know, from time to time, play a big American country artist as well. So they've, they've definitely done a bit of work as well when it comes to really building up the scene. But yes, Chris Country is definitely, you know, one of the godfathers of the industry in this country, I think. Now, I won't mention too much about it because this episode of the podcast is predominantly on the British Country Music Association. Now, you've also got Sonic Music. Now, Mm -hmm. what I'd like to do is just have a quick little talk about this. But what I'd like to do is actually bring you back on in the near future to talk more in depth about Sonic Music and Sonic Roots. Yeah, that would be lovely. So just as a brief outline, just to let people know what Sonic Roots is, what is Sonic Roots? So um, we are a marketing uh, agency, a PR agency, basically, although uh, I do have a couple of artists that I manage as well, uh, Jade Halliwell and Jessica Bandits. Um, uh, at one stage, we were managing a lot of artists, which, to be honest with you, is kind of my true passion. But, uh, it, you know, it's very time consuming. Um, it's all hours of the day and night and until you kind of really get it to a place where it's it's working really no financial reward whatsoever (laughs) so I have to kind of go okay I love managing but um I actually need to make some money out of this too um and I've been in digital marketing and music uh publicity uh for uh, I think coming on 12 years now and it's evolved a lot you know whereas before I think when I started it was it was all about my space and one or two sort of little blogs online that if you managed to get a feature it was you know amazing yeah um whereas now obviously the the landscape has changed so dramatically um and our focus now as a as a marketing agency is sort of a combination of um music music pr so the sort of online online publications and also a little bit of print press um uh, digital marketing so really trying to sort of develop an artist profile online um, and also now a little bit of playlisting too when I say that I say it loosely because obviously um, no one can control the powers that are Spotify uh, etc but trying to um, make sure that Spotify and Apple Music and you know all of these streaming uh, platforms are at least aware of the artist is really important yeah. um, and yeah. just developing their streaming profile is also equally important and something that a lot of artists want now so so yeah and 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 Sonic Roots I mean Sonic Music um, I actually look after artists from a lot of different genres um, 
predominantly singer-songwriters kind of across the board sonically. Um, uh, but I do love my country music and I do love Americana and, and kind of anything sort of folky um, as well. So Sonic Roots was really set up to support those types of artists. Um, and I've worked with brilliant, brilliant UK artists and Americans and, and, and international artists or, you know, from Europe as well. Um, but uh, yes, uh, absolutely love it. Uh, so check out Sonic Music if you haven't already. Awesome. So where can people find both yourself and the British Country Music Association then on the socials? Uh, the Brit British Country Music Association is a variety of different handles. So britishcma.co.uk, obviously online. The Instagram page is, I'm actually loading these as we speak, British CMA. Um, Facebook, I believe, is British Country Music Association. And Twitter is the British CMA. Um, and if you're looking for Sonic Music, it is all Sonic Music UK. And where can people find, can people add you as a friend on social media or is that private to you? Um, you know, I mean, people do. I um, I guess, uh, I, you know what, it's, it's really funny and I think probably to my detriment, but I spend so much time doing other people's social media yeah. that when mine, even, even sometimes for our solid music stuff, although I have little bursts of thinking really, I really should actually, you know, promote the fact that this has happened, but um, they can... You can find me on under Lara Lyrics, um, and you can also obviously access me through Sonic Music UK on all social media platforms. So, fantastic! So everybody check that out. Everybody check out the artist. Now you mentioned Jade Helliwell. Um, three three years ago, I think I saw her in Leeds busking. Oh well, oh. she wasn't busking. She um, somebody was busking, and she started singing along with him. Were you there? Yeah, I was there because I'm from Leeds. I, no I was actually okay. there. Oh, okay. Very cool. So it's great to see how far Jade has gone since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Jade is a, a brilliant songwriter, a brilliant vocalist, you know, all-round musician. She's just the most lovable person as well. And I think that with artists, you know, that's so important. I think sometimes they can come across as a bit standoffish. And Jade is just sort of your typical northern girl, lovely, you know, loves a drink um, and uh, it, it's great fun and just very genuine. And she's she's a pleasure to work with. Now, we're getting towards the end of the podcast. And what I usually do with artists is ask a couple of questions to gauge what kind of things they like and they don't like. Now, I'll mm -hmm. start this off with two debates that are going around especially my social media and the first question is is jaffa cake a cake or a biscuit in your biscuit. opinion biscuit. biscuit can you explain why in your in my opinion um i eat them like biscuits i don't do any of this fancy sort of you know taking the chocolate off or trimming around till you get to the bit in the middle so i i, I kind of consider them like a bit like cookies yeah. and take a bite out of them like a biscuit you see, I I always used to think it was a cake because two things, you know, it's got the sponge and it is in the name, the cake. But ever since I've been asking this question, my opinion's changing like a roller coaster, up and down all the time. <laughs> now, one thing that one of the um, radio presenters that I speak to quite often, Linda Conway, she likes to call it a Jaffa nugget because it's not quite a cake. It's not quite a biscuit. It's like in between. So we just call it a nugget. 
That's interesting. Okay. And the second question is, should you have pineapple on pizza? Yes. Yes. Uh, I am quite fond of a ham and pineapple pizza. You see, I quite like... I think it's called. Hawaiian, yeah. Hawaiian or Tropicana. It varies all the time. Um, One that I like is a sweet chilli chicken and pineapple pizza. Mm. So it's quite quite zingy and it's quite fruity and yeah okay I, i'm not into chicken on a pizza don't not, know why really no. that, what kind of yeah. things would you have on a pizza um if, if i'm gonna go for meat it's got to be pepperoni i think you see i used uh, to, i used to love pepperoni but ever for the past year or so i've been going more into like your you'd really boring stuff actually like barbecue chicken mm. Mm. yeah yeah yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure about chicken on a pizza. <laughs> so the where the questions usually work is like a like a night out. So we start the day off and we wake up and we have a a drink, a hot usually a hot drink for most of us. What kind of drinks do you have? Do you have coffee or do you have tea? Coffee. Coffee. A lot of people say tea. Mm. What kind of do you like specialty coffees like French press or like barista style, or is it just box standard instant? Well, I'd like to say, and I do have a coffee machine standing in my kitchen gathering dust, um, but I just, it's a, we've got an 11-month-old uh, baby, and to be honest with you, it's just the quickest thing that can be made at the moment, so it's probably instant, I hate to say. No, 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 that's fine. I mean, I used to love having a percolator coffee. Um, just set the timer going, and you spoon it all in, and just let it boil up into a pot, like, a, like an American diner type thing. Nice. Um, 11 month year old child oh you must be so tired all the time <laughs> oh yeah it's been uh yeah it's been interesting it's been great but yeah it's uh it's been a tricky few months is this first child mm-hmm. oh but it's been such a a change to your whole routine and life and yeah no it has but uh in a good way in oh. a good way oh bless <laughs> now I w- no, what I normally do is I'd ask the following question. You go out on a night out. Where would you rather go, a club, bar, or um, a pub? Obviously, you're not going out recently. Mm, club, bar, pub. Um, bar, probably. What kind of drinks would you have in your bar? In a bar. I'm a wine person. Um, I like a margarita. Um I like a cosmopo- cosmopolitan. <laughs> My words. Are- <laughs> I like a cosmopolitan. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I am fond of an old pub too, to be honest. Um, in a, but more on a kind of Sunday afternoon type vibe, I think. So yeah, yeah bar for me. See, I I'm only twenty seven now. People, whenever I say that, it's be like, oh, you should like the clubs. You should you should love going clubbing. I can't stand clubs. I've got to either go to a bar or a pub. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm a little bit older than you, so my my club days certainly for a while are definitely done. So yeah, yeah, bar or pub. Um, but I feel like if I'm going to go out now, it has to be kind of out out to a bar rather than you know just down the local. When you go out, then do you go out with like a group of friends, or do you go out with your partner, or probably yeah, variety. <laughs> yeah it's been a while <laughs> oh, but you can't wait to 
get a childminder and just to when we can, when we can do this legally, actually go out and have a drink and relax. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be really good. And to finish off, then, well, there's two actually to finish off with. So you've finished at the bar, you're going home, and you you feel a bit peckish. You go for like a fast food kind of thing. What kind of fast food would you have if you was hungry? What time are we talking about um, at night? An out, 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 out kind of night. An out, out. If it's out, 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 I probably... Well, I'm a bit limited now. Where I am here, um, you sort of in the Midlands. If I was in London, which is where I spent a lot of my 20s, um, it would probably be a late night stop in a Chinatown, one of the sort of Chinatown restaurants that, you know, serves Chinese food all night until 5am or something crazy. Yeah. I was here locally, we know, obviously we've just kind of got the typical uh, kebab shops, you know, uh, so it would probably be either cheesy chips or, or like a chili kebab. Oh, oh, no one said chili kebab yet. I love a good chili kebab. It's been a long time since I've been and done that though, but that's probably what I would go for. I bet bet you're looking forward to just letting your hair down and just going out, out, yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, One day. <laughs> and my final question is, what would you rather do? Would you rather go to like a fast food restaurant, say Pizza Hut, KFC, Nando's, that kind of stuff, or go to a sit-down restaurant and have a meal? Like a, say, a TJ Fridays or Bella Italia, Chiquitos, that kind of thing. Sit-down restaurant. Sit-down restaurant. What kind of restaurants do you like to go to? Oh, I'm definitely, I love an Indian. Ooh. Yeah, I love an Indian. So probably that would be my first choice. What's your choice then at an Indian? Chicken Madras with a, a side of, um, oh gosh, what's it called? The um, the uh, the paneer cheese. I've forgotten what the dish is called. Um, Sagaloo. Might be something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, again, it's been a long time, but yeah, <laughs> definitely go for a chicken madras. I love poppadoms. Could eat about twelve. So, oh, awesome! I really fancy an Indian now. Some <laughs> are open, I hear actually. Well, so. um, I've got one in the village that I live in, and they only yeah. do deliver, but it's really, wow. really expensive. Ah, uh, <laughs> so yeah. I've always been a bit cautious about going there because of the price. I mean, I'd rather make my own curry which i'm sure is great too oh it's always great i'm, I'm a fantastic cook <laughs> thank you for coming on lara it's been an absolute uh, pleasure to talk to you about the bcma and about sonnet and about yourself oh really nice to meet you thank you for having me i hope i haven't waffled too much <laughs> <laughs> no you should have waffled more <laughs> thank you for coming on and thank you everybody for listening i'll see you all next time goodbye That was the Country Chat Podcast. Join Dom next time for exclusive interviews, reviews and general chit-chats on all things country music.